Good day, everyone. I am Matt Harrison, and you are listening to the Giri Cast on Sport Direct Radio, the Malaga fan podcast for all the Giris out there. And it is a podcast I do usually love doing, having the opportunity to talk about this Spanish football club that I love. But I'll be honest, it's one of those weeks where you don't really feel like going back over and talking about the game at the weekend. But that's what we are going to be doing today. We're going to look back at our pummeling at the hands of Ponfer. A convincing 4-0 win for Ponferradina saw them go to the top of the league. We'll be conducting a post-mortem of what the damage was from our trip to Ponferrada. Up next for Malaga, the former front runners of the league, Sporting Gijon, now down in second place. Um, it seems we have no friends in Gijon, so we don't have an opposition fan today. But uh, I think we have quite a lot of Malaga stuff to dissect after that 4-0 loss. Um, but to help me dissect what went wrong up in the north of Spain this past week, I have Chris Marquez. Chris, how are you? Hi, Matt. How are you? Yeah, well, good. I'm doing pretty well, actually. Good, good. And I, I hear you've been on other podcasts or other radio shows this week and promoted yes. us. I wrecked the place down. <laughs> and what did it you was do? Half to... an hour. I, I don't think they have much listeners, so I thought I have to do something. I can be totally myself here. So I sang, I danced. Um, yeah, I just yeah did crazy stuff. Oh, well, it's, it's all the stuff you do on this podcast and uh, which, which no, we, we, we let you get away with. Way worse. Okay. Well, okay. Well, hopefully we can keep you on track today. And joining us from across the water over in Montreal is Alex Ashmore. Alex, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. It's uh, and slowly, uh, the weather's slowly descending into British weather. It's cloudy and, well, it's been lovely, lovely sunny weather recently, but it's a bit cloudy today. And Winter is coming. <laughs> And you've not lost your Britishness over there then, clearly, because you're already talking about the weather. Um, it's quite grey here in Marbella today, actually. It's, it's getting a bit cooler. Um, but you did go to watch your first MLS game, Alex. You went to watch Montreal Impact v Chicago Fire. Ooh. How was that? Uh, I did, yes. Very good. If I, a few people have asked me if I was to compare it to a level of football in England, I'd probably say low championship. No, okay. Please don't. Please don't compare it with English football. But I do think the MLS gets unnecessary criticism because it's still a decent quality of football. Uh, Victor Wanyama was playing and he's well above that level. So surprised to see him still there. Maybe he's just looking for an end of career payday, really. It's yeah. the fans that make it horrible. No, I disagree with that, though. I think if there's a football club in your city, you go along. Yeah, it's going to be different to how it is over here, but... I think we should embrace those differences and different football cultures. Yeah, some of it can be a bit cringe when they try to mimic other cultures, but I think there's quite a lot of cool clubs over there. And I don't know, Montreal Impact seems to be one that has a a little bit more of a football culture. Actually, lots of the ones in the real north of America and over the, the border in Canada seem quite cool. More importantly, so, so- I, I'm trying to think of now, and maybe I, I've literally come up with this on the spot, so I need to think it through a bit more. What would I call Malaga if I had to give them an American name. So instead of Chicago Fire, you know, like, of course it'd be Malaga. Malaga. I'll have to think about it. I was trying to think of something to do with the sea or the beach or the sun, but something that sounds nice, but quite powerful too. Probably Malaga Sharks. Uh, We don't really have sharks though, do we, down here? 
I don't care. Okay. <laughs> it's horrible. The MLS is horrible. It's the names. It's the shirts. The kids are all horrible. The, the, the football club's names are horrible. <laughs> the, the fans are horrible. Oh. Too much Yankee doodle for me. Oh, there you go. I, I, the one that oh, came... Go on. I forgot. Wait. Go for we it. Have a lot... <laughs> we have some listeners in the States. I was thinking I really, this. I really love the MLS. <laughs> I wasn't just it's saying really it. I wasn't saying it to be my, nice to our listeners there. I, I just think it's it's different to hear, but it's all good. I, I've decided on so far, but don't hold me to this. I was thinking of something nice like, no, 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 I've changed my mind. I was thinking of something like Malaga Sunsets, but that sounds too pretty and nice. I, I think, think I probably fucked it up. All oh, right, okay. Now uh, with our American listeners. Well, apologies to our American listeners um, who yes. we've already lost I didn't in the first mean five it. minutes. It was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I said nice things, though, so, you know, you can just... Yankee doodle. (laughs) Anyway, well, let's get back into European football. And one of our young players made his European debut last week. Uh, Christo uh, made his debut in the Europa League for Real Sociedad. Actually, not just his debut in the Europa League, his debut for Real Sociedad as well. That's good news, Alex, isn't it? It's is it? wonderful news. It's I'm still I obviously, you know, I understand the concept, but I'm still trying to wrap my head around and get used to the fact that you can loan someone to a B team and then play in the first team in the, the A team, so to speak. Mm. So I bet you when Malaga told him, right, you're going out loan to Real Sociedad B, he didn't think that in about three weeks he'd be playing PSV in the Europa League. Mm. Yeah, he got um he got eleven minutes worth of action in a two two draw. Um Chris, it was over, over your way in Holland. Did you see any of it or or not? Um, I didn't see any of it. I've seen the last 15 minutes and I was lucky because that's when Christo about came on the pitch. Okay. Did you notice him at all? Yeah, he played decent. Oh, that's what good. can you do in, ten, in, in 11 minutes? Yeah, especially if you're a left back. Yeah. Um, um, but I think it's it's... It's great for him, but I think it's horrible because the loan deal includes the option to buy hmm. for Real Sociedad. So the yeah. fact that he made minutes now probably means they will buy him from us. Yeah, quite possibly. I, we do have two left backs at the moment, I suppose, don't we? Hello, Kufre. Kufre on loan? He is, isn't he? Yes. Um, so maybe... Crystal can come back and take Kufre's place, but yeah, I don't know. I'd be very surprised if we're going to keep him if we were willing to loan him out to, well, Real Sociedad. And now he's had a taste of Europe. Will he? Will he want to come back? Who knows? Um, anyway, uh, again, there's really not much news this week. Uh, Jose Alberto said some things about Pablo Chavarria that uh, he's you know slowly getting back to fitness and. You know, he's still biding his time with him. Uh, do you think, do you expect to see him anytime soon, Chris, from what you've heard? No, he's slightly training, um, but not forcing it. So I think they will go easy on Chavari for at least four, three, four matches. Okay. Well, that's a bit sooner than I thought. I expected to see him maybe... Uh... Around Christmas. Well, what about you, Alex? Do you think Pablo Chavarria is someone we really need to look after and who could make a difference in this current team? I definitely think going off what how, how he performed last season, I definitely think he could make a difference. I think we are definitely lacking that out and out striker, but 
with a player of his age and going through an injury like that with the recovery process that he's gone through, is he going to be the same player? That is the big question, I think. Yeah, you say he was an out-and-out striker as well, but I think something we commended him for quite a lot last season was he was quite good at dropping deep, starting attacks, and then sprinting back up the pitch and getting them started. I think that's my main worry with him, whether he's just going to be a little bit more static now. But I don't know, maybe we, you know, a static striker isn't a bad thing for us at the moment. We're, we've got quite a lot of legs around those attacking positions. We don't really have someone that can put the goal in, um, put the ball in the goal. And I think we saw last year on very limited chances, he did not have had, you know, lot of, not a lot of goals, but, you know, he's scored some quality goals and some good, you know, some good finishing. Um, yeah, so hopefully we see him soon. And uh, what about what about Seco? Any update on him like, next two weeks? Mm, I don't think he will make it against Seco. <sighs> I have little. Co- I have company right now. I can hear. Uh, I don't think he'll make it against Chicon, but he will be back against for Labrada probably. Okay, I can hear Javi's excited about him coming back though. <laughs> He's making his debut on the podcast today. Yeah. Well done, Javi. It's a good debut so far. You're doing better than your dad did on his radio show last night, apparently. <laughs> that's that's easy. <laughs> um, just a couple of other little bits of news then, and I don't know if either of you have any comments on either of these, but we thought. Um, Atletico Malagueno drew 1-1 with Torre del Mar, which puts them towards the bottom of the league still. It's a funny league, though, because they're in the same league as Marbella and San Pedro now, which um, I think is quite scathing for Marbella, really, who had really haughty ambitions a season or so ago. Um, But, you know, we're going to talk about Malaga having a bad day at the office, but Malaga Femenino won 4-0 and they've won their first three games of the season. So that's great news to hear. Definitely great news because they're winning with big numbers as well. Yeah. They went down last season. Um, they relegated. So it's great to see them on top. They're leading now together with another team. I haven't written somewhere. Can't find it. Uh, three out of three. They won 3 0 against. Was it 3 0 against Sevilla? And. Yesterday, they won 4 yeah. 0. So, really great. Excellent stuff. And then, just some other little bits of news. It's about kickoff times, really. Um, we're playing, I can't remember if we announced it last time, but our next home game is definitely 4 p.m. on Sunday, the 2nd of October now. Just, I wasn't sure if that was announced last time we recorded. And we have our first Friday night game of the season coming up next month. We travel to Valladolid uh, on a Friday night, 8th of October and 9pm kickoff. So, yeah, we, we've still... Uh, have we had a Saturday kickoff yet? I don't think we have, have we? Nope. Um, what about Ibiza? No, Ibiza was on a Sunday. As well. No, Ibiza was a Saturday. That was it. We haven't had what a... was... Um, we done this. That was a Monday was that night. A Friday? No, that was a Monday, Monday? night. Oh yeah, you still were you still at holiday. Yeah, I still on holiday. It was a Saturday, but Saturday evening. Yes, that's right. Um yeah, I understand why our home games might not be early kickoffs because of the heat down here, but it'd be nice to have a Saturday game. So if we do have a late one, at least we can have Sunday to recover. Um yeah, I should add we're recording this on a Tuesday night. So, you know, 
by tomorrow morning, anything could have happened. This usually happens. There's some big story as soon as we stop recording. So we'll see what happened there. Oh, one other little thing I thought I'd mention. Um, speaking of this coming weekend, uh, Malaga do go to Sporting Gijon on Sunday evening. I'm going to a Peña <clears throat> dinner Sunday afternoon. That's fun. The Peña dinner. Yeah. I, I don't I don't really know much about it, but Ken has said it, you know, the I I'm guessing it's the Internacional Malagista, um Internacional Malagista one, which is sort of the one based in the tavern. And he said, Do you want to come? And I said yes. And apparently someone that goes to this dinner asked Ken, Is that Matt fella coming? So I'm like, Of Ooh. course. Because so- <laughs> the Peña Malagista is following us. Yeah. And um it's a peña that exists for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think, believe it's one of the first uh, international Malaga peñas. Mm-hmm. So um, it's it's a great group of people and uh, real Malagistas. So I think you will enjoy that night. Yes. Well, it's, it's the afternoon because I did say, I said, great. I said, I hope they haven't organized the dinner when Malaga are actually playing and they haven't. It's, it's lunch. So... I have a lovely lunch and then I go what go to the pub and watch Malaga play. So a nice a nice Malagista Sunday. So I'm very much looking forward to that and hopefully, you know, my dessert will be a Malaga win in Gihon. But before we go to Gihon, I think we've got to look back on what happened in Ponferrada. So let's get it out of the way, guys. Let's go to the next section where we'll go over what went wrong this past weekend. Malaga came up against the team who have started the season like a house on fire and they truly smashed through Malaga with a 4-0 win. Of course, we're talking about Ponferradina. Now, I don't know about you two and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but we've done this podcast for almost two years or 18 months now. And we've, you know, Malaga have taken some losses and, you know, taken a couple of hammer-ins. But I can't really remember preparing to talk about one which has been so one-sided. Can you guys think of one? Apart from maybe the Espanol games last year, mm-hmm. not really. That's the only one I could think of, really. And I feel, I feel with Espanol, at least they they went a bit gentler on us. I feel like Ponferradina really just wanted to wanted to carry on pummeling us. They they were relentless. Um, so I think I think this might be quite a a cathartic experience for us. I think it needs to be because I'm struggling to pick out many positives here. So we'll try and get through all this depressing talk. And then maybe in the next section, we can look at, we can feel a bit more revitalized and ready for the game about Sporting Gijon. Um, we'll start with a starting 11 again. Danny Martin kept his place. Roberto kept his place ahead of Antonin. And Chris, you've sort of championed him a little bit. I think we all did really. Um, but Hosebed got in the team. When we saw the start in the 11s, guys, were we content? Not, not really. Okay. Go for it. Why not? Because Luis Munoz is great in defending. He's a midfielder that probably is your fourth central defender. Um Josabet is not a defender, not at all. He's an attacking midfielder. Mm-hmm. So you know, if you take 
uh, well, if you can't play Luis Munoz, then you will should replace him with Granero or uh, what's his name, Granero? Yeah, Granero. Granero. Uh, that's that's what I believe because now you're bringing a, a defensive attacking midfielder for a defensive one. You could argue, actually, and maybe we'll talk about him a bit later. That a if he'd had a, a bit more minutes in his legs and was a little bit fitter, Ramon might have been a better fit. But it would, I think, it'd been. I don't think it's the sort of game we want to throw him into because I think we expected it to be uh, quite a tough game. Um, I did. I did say there's not many positives to take from the game. Um, I suppose we can take one from the first minute where a penalty was given and then taken away by VAR, rightly so. But Alex, um, the way Malaga started, did you did you fear the worst as as the game sort of the first ten minutes were played out? Luckily, no. Because it was more of just a, an expectation. It was like, right, come on then, get it over with. <laughs> I just sort of, our first 10 minutes, I just, we never seen, well, we didn't turn up for the whole game. I think that's fair to say. And I just think from, from the get-go, we just seemed second to everything. You know, second balls, shots, tackles, headers, everything. We just we just weren't there. I, I guess I'll ask both of you this then. And this is this is quite a big question, I suppose. Why do you think that is? Why were we? Were, were, was it tactics? Was it we've got a young team? Were we? I don't know. I, I couldn't really. We just look completely different. I think uh, Jose Alberto described this as unrecognizable. Yeah, I think it's probably a combination of a few things. I think obviously with a young team, they're not going to be performing at their best every game because they, you know, they're still very young. They're learning. They're getting better, and. I think you've got to give credit where credit's due, and Pomfredina were fantastic. They blew us away, and they're not up in the in the top two for now for no reason. They are a fantastic team with a well. They've got a fantastic squad together. So yeah, I think a bit of bit of both really. Malaga not at the races, and Pomfredina being just they're outclassing us really. Yeah, and to be fair to Jose Alberto, he did hold his hands up and say we were just well, pretty much what you just said, Alex. We were second best to everything. Um, they were brilliant. We were not very good. Uh, Chris, just before we come to that first goal, what? How did you feel about it? As those like first ten, fifteen minutes were developing, did did you fear that this could be a hammering or? Well, I thought it would be difficult, but I wanted to say something. Sunday, I had to work. And um, I woke up at six o'clock in the morning, feeling all fresh, excited to go to work. And then when I arrived at work, things started to go wrong. I didn't. I had a bit of a day off, and my colleagues as well. So things went wrong. And as you all know, I am a surgeon. Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> That's just a joke, horrible joke. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I know. It was funny. Um, but things started to go wrong. And you have those kind of days at work. You probably have them as well, Matt. I, I can when tell you, on Friday morning, I woke up 15 minutes before I was meant to be in school. So Friday was my bad day. Yes. And then you start learning the kids 
Ukrainian instead of English. <laughs> I've not done that before, but we'll see. But everybody has a day off, and it's possible because we're all humans. So, was Ponferradina great? It's a good team. Um, but it's not Espanol from last season. Definitely not. I think on a good day, we should could have beaten them or drawn them. It's not that they are a superb team. They are good. They're definitely good. Um, but yeah, that's what I think. Uh, yeah, I think the thing with me, and you know, I'm probably guilty of this, perhaps maybe more than the two of you. I think I've I sort of got carried away a little bit with Malaga's win the week before, and I keep using the word they've got a bit of swagger about them. So I thought, well, I didn't. I thought we could very easily lose this game, but from the first ten minutes, I was like. I, I just look completely different. They just look devoid of confidence, and and I, actually, I thought Pomferradina were very, very good, just because I think they were because the word I used was they were relentless. They just kept they hammered away, and and we can talk about it a bit later. But I thought four nil was fair, but could have easily been very more. Um, let's talk about the goals. Then the first goal. Um, Alex, what? Well, you tell me. What did you make of the first goal by um, Jose Naranjo, who scored the second as well? I think it was first of all a good move from Jose Naranjo. I think, but it seemed like at points the defence was holding off. Not like I, I don't want them to go in and make rash challenges, but they seem to be giving the Pomperadina play, players a lot, a lot of space in that just outside of the box. And you know. If, Potentially, you could put some blame on them for that. But then also, I would point a finger at Danny Martin. I do think he could have done better with the save there. I do. Th- I obviously, you know, don't know how powerful the shot is, so maybe it's unfair of me to say that. But from the angles that I've seen at, it looked like he could have done better. Yeah, um, I, I sort of. You're saying about the players backing off. To me, they looked. They looked terrified. And they looked well, more worrying for me. They looked a little bit tired. I thought they didn't like it. Did it looked quite effortless from Naranjo? Maybe it was. Maybe he is lightning fast. But I believe he's more of a a sort of big burly striker. Really, yeah, it just looked really easy how he brushed. Well, didn't brush past any players. He seemed to walk past them. Yeah, I do think uh, Danny Martin should have done a bit better. But I do. There was a few bodies in the way, but. Yeah, I thought it was a really easy goal for Ponferradina. What about you, Chris? I think it was a really easy goal. I think uh, Dani Martin didn't look very well there. Um, but we are what we are uh, forgetting is, and I have to say it, and sorry, Chris Pigeon, I'm offending today, <laughs> um, that they tried so hard getting a penalty. Mm-hmm. Three or four times in the in the first half, it was just horrible, but really horrible. Okay, I can't I can't remember many of. The, obviously, yeah, there was the first minute, and we'll talk about the other one in a second. But the first minute, then I don't know what minute. I heard a scream like somebody got killed on the pitch. Um, after a corner, I believe. Mm-hmm. I heard. Ah! And then there was another moment as well where they wanted the penalty, also out of a out of a corner. So, 
Well, I don't know. I, I just really disliked it. And, and definitely the first one was horrible. Okay. Um, while we're talking about corners then, Chris, that perhaps leads us nicely into... Um, this. I say leads us in nicely. Um, unfortunately, leads us into the second goal. So 1-0, a uh, few minutes till half-time. Ponferradina get a corner, a couple of headers around the box, and then a fairly routine, easy header from close range for Naranjo to get his second goal. Alex, thoughts on this goal? Uh, it was a shambles from start to finish, I think. If I was to make a comparison, it reminds me of, you know, walking walking to your local park and there's a game on and you see a corner and someone lumps the ball into the box and the defenders have absolutely no idea what they're doing. It looked like they just turned up. All right, right lads, the five of us are playing at the back today. Do you, do you know what, what's your name? Um, <laughs> it was it was a shambles. Positioning, marking, why Josebed is on the back post, I don't know. He's a fairly small, not the tallest centre midfielder. Payburn was all over the place. Juan there, I don't know what he was doing. It was It was shocking. Chris, anything to add to Alex's analysis saying we're Sunday League, basically? Alex explained it very well. I agree with Alex. Yep, me too. Um, the, the only thing I'd add to what Alex said was um, as awful as our def- um, as awful as we were defending, I did think Yuri did very well. And I think he summed up Ponferradina's um, just attitude where that ball looked like he was going out and he still kept the ball in with that header and our players were like, what? He's kept it in and sort of it was like slowly watched it go to Naranjo. So they showed a little bit of heart again, but yes, I thought... But like, guys, do you really believe Ponferradina was that great? They are a good team, definitely. Do you think Ponferradina was so good or do you think we were so bad? Um, I think they were really good as well. I think there was a bit of both and I think... The thing you can say about Ponferradina now, I know we spoke to our pal Chris Pidgeon last week and he was sort of reluctant to get carried away with it all. But, you know, they have beat um, some big teams already. They've beaten Ibar, they've yeah. beaten Almeria. Um, they look like the real deal from from this. And I know there's there's still a lot of games to go, but they, they do look very impressive. And I don't think I it's agree. a fluke. And I... I think they have a good option to, to get promoted but still I think Malaga didn't didn't start yeah. the match No, I totally agree, I think it's again a bit of both but I think as much as we can deride Malika I think I think we should give Ponfa a lot of credit for doing that as well um, yeah, they'll just confidence seemed to be sapped from from that first goal, well from from that first minute, I suppose, really. Um, I, I would say we were lucky to be 2-0 down at half-time and I was really relieved, to be honest with you. Um, so, obviously, we tried to change it at half-time. We took off... Oh, Kevin, well, you know, let's do the... Um, let's talk about Kevin. And again, I, he hit the bar. I don't think he meant to, but he with a cross. I thought it was really weird that... We did. I don't know if maybe Ponferradina did a bit of a number on him, but we didn't even seem to be trying to get it out to him. He, he really didn't see the ball at all. I, I don't know whether that was their hard work or, or what. I don't know if you guys noticed anything. I think yeah. that... Well, Alex, you go. Oh, you go first, Chris. No, you go. Oh, thank you. I, I insist. I, I want to become a UK citizen for three days, so <laughs> I have to be polite now. Um, uh, I no, I just think. I mean, 
not especially Kevin, but no one, I couldn't single out one player and say, yeah, I remember seeing a lot of them doing a lot. I think, you know, I was very badly put uh, for an English person there. I think I can say it sort of like, you know, everyone seemed to be a bit distant. They seemed to be, I'm not saying in lacking in interest, but just, yeah, I think lackadaisical is probably the best way to describe it. Yeah. I think maybe we can talk a bit about Kevin in the next section. But coming on for him was Haitam, which I thought, OK, we've got to change something. We may as well bring on an exciting player. And I'm sure we can talk about him in a couple of minutes. But not long after halftime, Ponferradina get a penalty in what can only be described as just quite comical, really. Um, a Ponferradina player, I think, is fouled on the edge of the box for a free kick. Yes. He falls over into Juan de in the box. Juan de thinks he's getting a free kick, so handles the ball, and the ref gives a penalty. Um, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I feel Juan de is really, it might be an obvious thing to say, but really at fault there for not playing to the whistle. Uh, yes. But I also wanted to mention, if it is a foul and it is a penalty... Why didn't VAR look at it first? Because the foul was made by a Malaga player outside the box. One day falls. Yeah. I think that's a VAR moment. But they can't take it back to VAR if it's you could it's not Of this. course, because the penalty comes from it. But I, I don't know if the foul on the edge of the box is clear, um is what do you call it, is not clear and obvious. The ref the ref has seen her and waved play on. It's this is where VAR is a bit grey, and I, they seem to change it all the time. And I can I just can't keep up. Um, but yeah, I don't. I think the rules say he, he couldn't take it back for that. Alex, what, what do you think? I don't know if you know a bit more about the rigmarole of VAR. I mean, from what I understand, I may be wrong, but the referee is the person that decides if they look at VAR or not. It's not the fourth official yeah. going, you need to look at VAR. So the referee, obviously... Is happy. I didn't, he, he's happy that there's nothing wrong there. He's obviously then seen one day handle the ball in the penalty area and think oh, and thought, you know, this is a penalty. <clears throat> so it's obviously gone through his mind, was that a foul? He obviously didn't think it was a foul. And then he's gone straight to the penalty. Yeah. Either way, he should have whistled. Yeah. Well, it should have been a free kick to Ponferradina, but that's easy for us to say now, I suppose, isn't it? And Juan, they shouldn't have handled the ball, of yes. course. Um, and then, obviously, Yuri, Ponferradina legend, and, and just, I don't know, I quite like him. I wasn't so fond of him on Saturday. I, I think he was almost mocking us with that penalty. It was so, I didn't even think you can call it a, a Panenka, was it? It was just like a little half-hearted dink down the middle of the goal. I was like, ah. Oh. But to be honest, did you care at that moment? No, I didn't. I'd give I saw that. I saw Malaga fans like oh and boo and Juan day and it doesn't even matter. You were going to nail down. It yeah. isn't that we were going to win or we had a chance to win or had a chance to draw because there wasn't. It didn't well change I, everything. I, I think goal, more or less. I don't care. I suppose in my head I was thinking of that Ibiza game where we came back from 2-0 down and thought, right, if we just really sort ourselves out now after half-time, nice, you know, Haitam has a good start to the game, we can maybe get going. And when Juan de handled the ball, I thought, well, that's it. Um, uh, I, I did have a little bit of a 
sort of a, a dream scenario in my head because obviously my other club, Swansea, were three nil down the day before and scored three goals and right at the end to draw three all. So I was thinking, wouldn't it be fun if both my teams did it on the same weekend? But fair to say, Malaga never looked like doing it. Um, then we did have a we did have a couple of chances actually. Um, Brandon, even their goalie was trying to make fun of us, but Brandon tackled him. Shot towards a open goal, sort of. I think the defender was back by then. And then Hosebed just completely fluffed the follow-up. Uh, should he have... Should, I, I, it was a silly question, really. He should have scored, shouldn't he? Or one of them should have. Yeah. Um, Definitely. So there was that chance. And there was one... I, I don't even know if this one's a bit worse. And I think it might have been after the fourth goal. The Antonine one. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah where the ball came across the box and he just had to side foot here. And I think it's a sign that his confidence is a bit low, maybe, that he puts his foot on the ball and to sort of control it before rolling it in a pretty empty net. And he controls it and doesn't control it. And the ball gets lost under his feet and then chance is gone. Um, yeah, really are lacking confidence in front of goal. We do really need someone to step up soon. Um, who that someone is at the moment, I'm not sure. Anyway, let's get on to <laughs> more, more good news for Malaga then. We got a red card. Now, this one I thought was... I, I disagreed with this one. I think the ball... He was blindsided by the player behind him. I didn't think it was at a dangerous height. He's literally putting his foot up to get the ball and the player puts his head there. That That's my view of it. Uh, Alex, what did you think of it? You're usually a bit more diplomatic with these things. Personally, I agree with the decision. I think it very much reminds me of, I can't remember the year, but it was a Champions League tie, Real Madrid versus Man United at yeah. Old Trafford. Nanny. And Nanny and Modric, I believe, was the Real Madrid player on the end of it. The ball is in that area. It's in that inconspicuous area. Obviously, Nanny and in this case, Haytam were trying to get the ball, weren't looking, which is, you know, obviously you, you've got to consider that there will be players going in for a challenge. I just think in the general scheme of things, having your boot that high is a dangerous thing to do. So in that case, deserved red card, I think. And I don't know though, Alex, before I ask Chris about this, that I don't know if the camera angle wasn't great for it, to be honest with you, but it didn't look that high to me. That was my thing. I agree with what you're saying about the nanny thing, but I remember the nanny one being a bit further off the ground. So Chris, what did you think of this red card? Well, item is exactly one meters, five centimeters oh, good knowledge. Um, one <laughs> meter tall so it wasn't that high I didn't think it was red card okay well um I, I can't remember there was another game on Sunday afternoon in the Premier League I think it was when West Ham were playing Man United and everyone came around me to see Malaga red card and everyone in the pub thought it wasn't a red card as well but uh Anyway, it didn't make any difference. VAR did step in that time to tell the ref maybe to have a look at it. And there you go. Um, and then obviously we've been celebrating Kevin Medina on this podcast for the past few weeks. But it was a different Medina this time who scored. And this time it was against Malaga. Argus Medina. Pompey's fourth goal. I don't know if there's anything to say about this really. Seems again, another fairly simplistic counter-attack any either of you have any other comments on this goal or were, you, were we just dead by then I think 
caught on the break is probably the best way to describe it. I can understand why potentially trying to nick a goal at the end, committing too many men forward, trying to track back. Payburns looked like he was all over the place. Uh, you know, looked like you just dropped him in from a from an aeroplane and just sort of right. You're in a game now, and <laughs> he seemed all over the place. Uh, perhaps a bit harsh of me to say that, but like you know, they all seemed a bit over the place, all over the place. But yeah, just committing too many men forward potentially understandably trying to get a goal at the end but then also it's all of, I, I i'm always the damage control you're three nil down you're not going to win keep it at three don't go and try and get a goal just keep it at three and not risk losing a fourth or conceding a fourth goal um before i mention like another positive thing and before we do chumbo and biznaga is there anything you want to add about this performance overall chris yes um uh, i think the fact why we didn't see a lot of Kevin Medina or the other attackers is definitely because Rosa Bet played a, a lot of up front. Okay. So uh, the midfield, our midfield, was no one that could give that pass because that's what Luis Munoz does. He's the connection between uh, defense and attack. So yeah, there was. I fell away a bit. Yeah, I think there was tiny little glimmers that Ramon could do that, but he'd just been a bit like Alex just said. He, they were all like, he was definitely parachuted in this game and I can imagine it was really tough for him, but there was little, there was a, a couple of little passes. I thought he's, he's on his, you know, in a different game. I, I definitely would like Ramon to start, not the next game, maybe against Fuenlabrada, back at La Rosa later, where he's got, you know, support behind him. Um, but yeah, I think you're right, Chris. Actually, it's a great point you make about. I think this game highlights because how good Luis Munoz is, and you know, I don't think we've talked about him that much on this podcast this season. But I think that's because, as I think you've said before, Chris, his job is under the radar, and he's like our engine that keeps us ticking over almost. Um, yeah, one positive: our friend of the podcast, even Calero, came off the bench um, after a really long. Um, you know, injury layoff and, you know, lots of rehabilitation. So good to see Calero back on the pitch. Um, you know, I wish it was in happier circumstances and um, I can imagine it was a bit of a, bit of a, you know, a downer to come back into that game, but I'm sure he's happy to have just got back on the pitch. Um, and hopefully we see more of him on the pitch in the coming weeks. Uh, right guys, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> Um, I think Chumbo is going to be really easy. We're, we're, I'm going to still leave Biznaga last. I'm going to try and find some positive to finish on. So Chumbo. Phew. Right, Alex, who are you picking for your Chumbo? Can I pick the starting 11? <laughs> yeah, you, you know you know, I usually say you can give some honourable mentions for Biznaga. I think this one might be a tough one. Uh, honourable mentions <laughs> for Chumbo... Um, the goalkeeper, back four, midfield and top two. I think. <laughs> yeah. um, if I had to pick, they're all as bad as each other. If I really had to pick, probably probably Juande. Just purely because of that mistake. He seemed all over the place with marking players at set pieces. Positioning was all over the place. And yeah, just an all-round all bad day for Juande. Okay, I've, I've picked Juande as well, pretty much for what you said. I was torn between someone else. Um, so I'll come to Chris and see if he says that someone else or if he's going to say Juande. Um, 
I'm not going to say Juan Day, but I have to explain why I choose this player because you probably won't agree with me. I didn't look at the starting 11. I worked till three Sunday and I didn't take a look at the starting 11. And in the 20th minute, I thought, wow, why is Brandon Thomas not playing? And then in the 30th minute, I saw him walking on the pitch and I, said, I thought to myself, hmm? <laughs> he's playing. That's strange. Um, so, Brandon Thomas, because I really didn't see him okay. in the first 30 minutes. Okay, that seems fair enough. I thought I thought you might have gone with my second option because you mentioned him earlier. I thought you might have gone Probably with Hosebed. Yeah, I thought Hosebed, for the reasons you said earlier, he seemed... Um, he seemed all over the place in the middle of the park as well. So uh, yeah, I, I I think to be honest with you, as as I think we're about to find out when we try to choose a Biznaga, which I don't think that I've ever struggled this much with it. And you know, Malaga have played some awful games when we've done this podcast, but there's usually one ray of light. Um, I think that sums up we could have picked any Chumbo. So Alex, did you pick anyone? I want to try and pick one. It's difficult. I think, you know, I'm just clutching at straws here. For example, Victor Gomez, pretty poor game, but completed the most dribbles, which was five, which again is not a lot. Paulinho didn't do too bad. He showed in a little bit of intent. He was fouled the most times, three. Escassi, I feel like, is the only option that I could really go for. Completed the most passes out of any Malaga player in the game with 52 passes. Apart from that, didn't really do much else, actually, I think. So maybe one chance created, but it is really difficult, I think. You know, I, I would have to go with Escassi, but not on any real grounds. Um, before I ask Chris his, uh, I'll mention as well, we had zero shots on target in the end, because I'm guessing Brandon's shot didn't make it to the target, which now means we've lost our our crown at the top of the table of most shots on target. Um <laughs> you know, this, that's a crown to cling on to. Uh, Chris, who are you going for Biznaga? I thought it was very easy. Go for it. He is our friend. He's back. I'm happy to hear that he's back. Yeah. Ivan Calero, you are my Biznaga. Ah, oh, that's a nice one. That's I a, love you. That's a great show, actually, Chris. I think I think that would be my choice if I can go back. So I will say mine, though. I, I picked, I think, Alex, you highlighted the, the only two I could have possibly picked and it was Escassi or Paulinho I wrote down Paulinho just because he did some intent if I had to pick my um you know Biznaga off the pitch I would have picked Bolo's trousers did did you see his trousers uh Ponferradina's manager great trousers like very stylish. yes and also yeah. I don't know if you heard um about our friends over at the Spanish Segunda podcast about um Jose Alberto's fashion sense they were saying yeah, he that, always seemed to wear the same clothes. Yeah, and they, they talked about him wearing the same polo shirt for every game until the last home game. So I was wondering if he's been listening to their podcast because he switched to a, a white shirt and white trainers. So, you know, we can keep an eye on his sartorial but, but, choice. But why does a coach have to wear other clothes? It's not that he's wearing the, that <laughs> clothes the whole week, I think. <laughs> I think he has other clothes. Yeah, Maybe I think so. that's his, his, his game clothes yeah. that his wife picked. I think that's great. Yeah, yeah. No, I think he looks quite cool in the white shirt, white trainers, jeans. It's a. He's yeah. pretty ugly, the guy. Oh, Chris. I have to agree on that. Chris, no. 
Oh, no, he's very handsome. No, there's no need for that, though, is there? Okay. Very <laughs> handsome guy. Oh, good. Um, but honestly, I saw a picture last weekend. Oh, so, stop, um, Chris. Stop. Let's just I agree... Think, wow, you're handsome. Let's just agree that this Malaga performance was very ugly. That was... Yes. yes. Um, and then, yes, that's it. I think I don't ever want to talk about that game again. I'm sure... It might pop up in conversations but over future. Bad week. matches happen. It's yep. Uh, when I when I open, when I read because I read a lot, I, I read a lot on social media to see what people think. And then last week, everybody was wow, Champions League. We're going to win the Champions League. We're going to be the best of Me. the world. <laughs> and yep. then this week, we are all emo and uh, <laughs> no. And horrible, and we go to relegate, and we're playing Deportivo La Coruña next season. It's just a bad game. Yeah. Malaga, the the other question uh, that was funny. I was I don't didn't re- don't remember which uh, news art from which from who the news article was. Malaga is bad in his away games or something like that. And I thought. We only played three away games. So we yeah. played against Ibiza. We, we knew that was going to be a very difficult game because they played their first match uh, in Segunda at home. Yeah. So we knew that was going to be very difficult. And we came back. We draw 2-2, two, two, so it wasn't that bad at all. Then the second match... We dominated for 85 minutes mm-hmm. and we lost. I agree, we lost. Yeah. But we played so great against Almeria mm-hmm. and really didn't deserve to lose that match. We should have won. Yeah. And now it was a bad match. Yeah, it yeah. can happen. Against the team who's now top of the league. So, you know, yeah. that happens. So, you know? Yeah. I think um, just to sum up what I think you're trying to say there, Chris, I think our manager summed it up best. He said, pretty much what you said, last week we weren't the best team in the league. Uh, doesn't mean this week we're the worst team in the league. It's, no. And I think he said it's all part of our journey. So that seems a nice way to wrap it up. So next on our journey is Sporting Gijon. But yes, let's go and look ahead to that game. So Ponferradina is in the past now and we roll on to Gijon, who are now the second place team in the Segunda. So it does not get much easier for Malaga and two away games in a row as well. Um, Yes, it's going to be another tough weekend. I'm just, as I've already said, we don't have a sporting Gijon fan to give us the lowdown. So we're going to do a little bit on Gijon, but we're no experts about where they are, what you know, what to maybe expect from them. But then we sort of figured we'd, like, say, talk about what Malaga can improve for this game. We've talked about what they did wrong in the past game. We talked about what they can improve. Um, going going on a on a theme of recent weeks, though, um, of our fun fact away days. Um, I think it might have been last season, or it might have even been the season before, Chris. Um, do you remember my fun fact about El Molinon, the stadium of Sporting Gijon? 
It's the only stadium, I think, in the world to have, have something. Oh. I know Chris hates it when I ask quizzes about things we've said before. Let me think. Let me think. I'm thinking. Okay. Still thinking. I might edit not out like the me. thinking because it's not very it's not very podcast friendly listening to people thinking, is it? So um, if I say no, it's I to know. do with an award. Alex, is it's the only stadium to have had something? Yes, and this award. award. I'm going to give you 10 seconds, guys, because this is not, not good For podcasting. A heritage award or something like that? A what? Cultural Heritage Award. You're, you're close. Like it that. is to do with culture, though, Alex. Um, it's more famous than that. One of the most famous awards something can win. It has a, a, an Emmy or an Oscar. It has an Oscar. But yes, I'm, I'm cheating a bit there. It doesn't actually have an Oscar, but the film, um, Volbert Empeza, Empeza, yeah, I can't speak my Spanish now, Empeza, um, won the best foreign language film in 1983. It won the Oscar for that, and it starts in Sporting Gijon's ground because it's did about. Guys, I think it's about a sports you, guy or a footballer coming back. Uh, he's retired, or he's. he's he might, I can't remember if he's dying. I didn't know what it was about. But he goes back to Gijon, and the opening scenes are in their stadium. So I can't think of anybody want to get in touch and tell us of another football stadium which features in an Oscar-winning film. I'd be Did very you guys intrigued. know that it's the oldest professional football field in Spain? I did not know that. And that surprises me. Yes, because it's built in... It has been in use since eight, 1908. Okay, so it's, it's the most... It's a bit like Wrexham, is it? Oh, no, no, Wrexham's the longest used international ground in the world. And, and for me, it's the most... English-looking football stadium in Spain. I would absolutely love to go there to watch a game. Um, I've been to Oviedo. I like that part of the world. They, I like the Asturians. Yeah, I'd love to go to a game at Sporting Gijón. It does look amazing. I agree with what you said, Chris. It does look like a... Uh, I, I was thinking when I saw pictures of it like a few weeks ago, it, it made me... It sort of, and I, I don't know if I'm getting it mixed up here, sort of reminded me of the new den, Millwall, like the shape of the stands, but I might be getting it mixed up with another ground. Um, it, it really looks like 1908. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm a little bit disappointed it's on a Sunday. I would have perhaps tried to go, because I think flights to Asturias are not too bad from Malaga. We'll see. We'll get to an away day soon, I'm sure. I have a, I have another fact about... Oh, right. Uh, is, is this what we're doing to fill the time these days? Go on, though. <laughs> they have a rainbow stairs. Okay. That's cool. Yes. So that's it. There you go. Good for, do you want to throw in any facts before we talk about football, Alex? It's going to be near enough to where I'm going to be living as of January next year. That's all I've got. Yeah, I, you say near enough. It's still quite far, isn't it? Still a few it hours. It is, sort of at least a couple of hours yeah. in the car. But you're right, Alex. In you know, in relation to Spain and travel, it's very close. Where yes. like that you time, you go on a bicycle to Sporting Gijón. Yeah, definitely. I know somebody who went to Sporting Gijón on a bicycle. Yeah, program. but we don't talk about that team anymore. <laughs> um. Anyway, oh, and also there's there's a bit of a link here. Um, of course, I'm, I'm guessing you guys know the link with Malaga this season. I don't know, do you? No, it's we're both sexy. Yeah, yeah, they are quite sexy. I, I prefer Oviedo to Gijón, but I, I quite like both. Um, no, 
it was where Jose Alberto's first professional job was as a manager. He'd had a year at Sporting Gijon. His kids support Sporting Gijon, apparently. And they, they've still said they're going to support them this weekend. He's been youth manager there. He's been Sporting Gijon B manager. So they're very much his team. And uh, I, I figured he'd been back there. But I read in, it might have been El Desmarque, oh. him saying that um, he couldn't go last year when he was at Mirandes because he had um, like pneumonia brought on by COVID, I think. I, I think it was COVID mentioned as well. So, so he went the... from, I, I remember, because he started at the B team of, mm-hmm. uh, of Gijón. Yeah. Right after he left IKEA, because he was working at IKEA. That's right, yeah. He went from IKEA to Sporting Gijón Bay. And then he went to Sporting Gijón. Sporting Gijón. Yeah, he took over from Ruben Baraja. Yeah, and then he went to Mirandesa, I believe, straightly. Yeah, and I think I think in between those, uh, what's the name of the little town? I forgot. Forgive me if I've got this wrong. But is there a place something like Covadinga? Something okay. like that. Yeah. I I, something like that. He managed them for a little bit, and then I think that I think that's maybe when he was at IKEA as well. I don't know, but anyway. Uh, so there is a bit of a link there. So he's probably looking forward to going back. Yes, because he was working at IKEA and training that other team. Yeah, yeah. you're right. I remember. Um, so there you go. There's a bit of a Gihon link there. It's a bit of a homecoming for Jose Alberto, although I believe he's actually from Oviedo, if I remember rightly. But he has more ties with sporting Gihon as a football club than Oviedo. Um, do you think this is going to be as tough a game as the one we've just encountered this weekend? Or do you think we might have learned some lessons? What do, what do you think, Alex? In terms of arguably potentially tougher, I think Sporting Gijón are one of the top outfits this season. I think I tipped them to go up at the beginning of the season. I can't remember whether I said playoffs or automatic. I think playoffs. But I'm I'm not saying the result will be the same, but I think tough, as tough, if not tougher than against Ponferradina. But hopefully, like you said, we will have learned our lessons from Ponferradina. We'll have made some changes. Players will have had a week to think about things and hopefully things will be different. And we usually ask our guests to tell us the danger man. I think we know who the danger man is, don't we? I think we're, we're highlighting Juca as the danger man. Yeah, I think he's from previous games that we've played against Sporting Gijón. I think he's been the one to look out for. Yeah, li- listening to our friends over at uh, Spanish Segunda, there's a second mention for them. They got a lot of press on this podcast. Um, they were saying, though, that perhaps the thing that uh, is good for Gijón this season is they are, they've shared the goals around a bit more. Because I don't know if you remember, like, the yeah, well, did he have like 50% of their goals or something last season or the season before? I think he dropped off a little bit last season, if I remember rightly, actually. Um yeah, so that that's not a good sign if they're getting goals from elsewhere as well. Um, Chris, any particularly strong views on Sporting Gijón? A great team, but good players. Uh, Aitor Garcia, Campuzano. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It's, it's, it's a pretty good team. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say more about them. Yeah. It's going to be difficult. If anybody does know a Sporting Gijón fan that wants to talk to us in for the next game, let us know because it surprised me. You think of all these teams, you, f- you know, these are quite a big name. You'd think we'd find a Sporting Gijón fan. So, you know, get in touch, Sporting Gijón folk, if for some reason you're listening to an English language Malaga podcast right now. Um, 
Yeah, so I, I don't think there's much else to say. I looked through like things like stats and stuff. They're the third top goal scorers in the league. Um, and, you know, they've they've played the other two and one, I think, against Almeria and Mirandes. So these are a very good team. Malaga. What do Malaga need to change for this game? We've talked about what went wrong. Alex, is the, what can we do to, you know, fight back from this past weekend? It's difficult because there's always that. There's a fine line between making eight changes, shaking the whole team up and bringing in a whole new starting eleven, and only adjusting, you know, maybe two or three players and making some tactical adjustments. Adjust, adjustment. But I do think there are certain players that need slash not deserve a rest, but I think, you know, need it to, to recuperate and get to be able to get back to their best. One of those, you won't like me saying this, Matt, but is Kevin. I think he deserves a, a little time on the sidelines just to, you know, give him that time to, I don't know, maybe just distance himself and then come back. I think he's been a bit hit and miss. He was good against Girona, a little bit hit and miss against Almeria, but just wasn't there against Ponferradina. So, yeah, a few changes. I probably it's difficult with the goalkeeper situation because me and Chris mentioned it on our preview before the hit on again that you don't want to make goalkeeper changes and I know the manager says he hasn't wanted to so yeah in terms of maybe taking Kevin out and playing Antonin on the left and moving to a four-three-three that could work bringing Ramon back in I think that is a potential option and this is a, a completely you know wild well theory that could work is La Rubia or Issa Fonda potentially <laughs> potentially <laughs> or Brandon Thomas up front Kevin sorry uh, Antonin on the left and Paulinho on the right in a front three I feel like that maybe could work well I'll just go back to one thing you said there just while you've brought it up and you know I like talking about Kevin where yes it, it does make me sad for you to say that but to be honest with you Alex I was going to bring the same thing to the table um, again I, I think he's I think he's been our most, you know, useful player over the last the opening games of the season. But I think he does need a bit of a break or come off the bench. I think it, in a game like this, I think it might, it's going to be tough. I'd rather rest him now and then energise him again the weekend after at La Rosaleda because he does, he does seem to feed off the crowd a bit more there. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm up for giving Kevin a rest, to be honest with you. You know, as sad as that makes me feel to say it. Um, maybe we'll talk about the formation thing in a second, Alex. And, but Chris, is there anything or anyone you would bring in here to perhaps try and remedy what happened on Sunday? Uh, um, I would bring Luis Munoz in, definitely, like <laughs> yeah. everyone else. Um, I wouldn't play with Roberto because... I think he's he lost it a bit, in my opinion. Um, I don't I would, just on Roberto quickly because I don't think we mentioned him in the other part. I thought he was completely anonymous in the last game, yeah. but I, I think he's been pretty good the other games. I, I wouldn't say he's lost it. I think they all lost it on Sunday. Yeah, maybe, but still, I wouldn't play him. I yeah, would fair enough. I can well. see why he wouldn't start, but uh, but I don't really know who to start with. Yeah, um, and then going, I I think I mentioned it earlier. One, the other thing Alex suggested there in regards to personnel was maybe Ramon, but I feel I'd rather him start at home again and 
you know, get again. I think I think home is going to be so important for us now. I think La Rosaleda we is going to be a weapon for us this season where it wasn't last season. And I think if we can get Ramon started in front of the fans, I think it'd be a way to kickstart his sort of second coming. But who would we take out for Ramon? That's a very good question, actually, Chris, because it would perhaps be easy to say if Escassi or Luis Munoz are suspended or injured. And I think you're right. I don't know. (laughs) I think... um, I suppose we could take Roberto out and go three in midfield, which brings us on to what I was going to mention. Alex said changing the formation. I know, well, what is there any other possible option? So Alex, you're in support of maybe trying a 4-3-3 maybe. I'm right in understanding, yes? Yeah, I think more for a few reasons. I think obviously, I think away from home it isn't working. I'm not saying that's the whole reason for change, but it's always, I'm a great believer in it's always worth having a plan B because it's great having a plan A that works, but then when you when you get found out in a league like Segunda, it's very, it's, it's highly likely that at some point during the season you will get found out. So you need to have a backup plan. And I think games like these, I'm not saying it's a, a trial game, but I think, you know, we're playing against a really strong team and we haven't been able to score against those stronger teams. So why not try something that may give us a bit more attacking potency? And what about, uh, I know we talked about this a lot last season, but we've got two quite attacking fullbacks now in Victor Gomez and Kufre. Are we still against three at the back? Yeah, definitely. Definitely, yeah. Okay, interesting. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'd be up for giving it a go. To be honest with you, I'm not saying I think it's the definitive answer, but if, if that was put out in the starting eleven, um, but to be honest with you, now I've said that out loud. I'm trying to think who's the third centre back. Oh, Lomban. I knew I was trying if, to think. I, I'd be up for it. Because we lost lost match four nil, doesn't mean we have to change everything. We had a bad day. No, no, totally. I really believe that. So yeah, I suppose. Sorry. Let's play four for two as we did the whole season, which went great until now. And don't change too much because I don't know. No, I agree, Chris. I I, I was just merely sort of exploring what options we have, really. Yeah. And I think um, it would be interesting if, I don't know, there were occasional changes. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. But yeah, I think if there's... I'd be more than happy to stick with what we're doing at the moment. Um, but I don't know, something's not working away from home. If we need to change something, I think it might be a formational change because we just look lost on Sunday. Um, well, let's use this opportunity then, guys, while we've not got uh, an opposition fan on to do a bit of reflecting. We've had our start of the season now. We've sort of in mid-table where I suppose we sort of predicted we would be a little bit... Um, I'm going to just ask you two questions, really. Um, one of them comes with a bit of an asterisk next to it. So the first one is, if you had to rank, say we had to do our biznagas to, for the start of our season, who would be your top three players so far, Alex? That's a good question. I think <laughs> top, uh, from, you know, from three to one, I think three, I'm going to go with... Uh, or no, Paulinho. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, three Kevin, two Victor Gomez, and one Paulinho. 
Oh, interesting. Okay. Yes. No, I think that is it. They were all names I considered, to be honest with you. There's one I've got that you didn't say. Um, what about you then, Chris? It's difficult. Um, but in the third place, Luis Munoz. In the second place, Kevin. And in the first place, Alberto Escasi. Because he is very, very, very important. He is just top class. Yeah, well, mine is very similar to your three. Um, to be honest with you, Chris, from what we were talking about the Ponferradina game, you have made me sort of consider Luis Munoz a bit more because he's not in my three, but I think he's not in my three because I, I, he just gets on with it. Um, you probably can see where mine's going here. <laughs> I've got Paulinho third because I think he's been consistently good and has got better. And then I was a little bit torn, but it seemed silly if I didn't put him top. So I guess Scassi was very, almost top for maybe second, but I just, I just think Kevin's been the best thing this season so far. Whether he's our most important player, I don't know, but he's put in the best performances for me even I can endure those as Alex said earlier he has been hot and cold a couple of times but yeah I just think he's great so I I know I'm biased there and again that might be the being in the stadium watching him thing again but yeah I'd I'd, I'd say Escassi's our most important player still I I think he's he's a machine Um, and then I've sort of I was going to be boring with this question so I'll ask the boring version of the question first and then the more interesting version before we wrap things up um alex if you had to rate our start to the season out of 10 how would you rate it that's a difficult one i think we started off okay we had a bit of a dip we've had a few losses you know we're lacking in front goal i think but we've had a definitely a more positive start to the season this year than last year, and things are definitely looking better than they were last year. So I'm going to go with six. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to go higher the way you were talking then. Um, Chris, what about you? I'm going to say a 7.5. Oh, Chris, same as me. And actually, I changed it in the process of this podcast because of something you said earlier. Um, I was going to say eight. Oh, sorry. What I would have said eight before this weekend because we're in the playoffs. And then obviously we dipped into mid table and I sort of figured, well, that's where we said we expected to be. So I thought, well, seven out of 10 is about, you know, as expected. And then I don't know when you said, Chris, that, you know, it was one game. It just all went wrong. We move on. I thought, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll raise it a half. So I went up to seven and a half. So that was my thinking um and yeah and I thought well that's a really boring way of asking it and I thought you know we, we we've delved into music a few, few times on this podcast and we like going down that rabbit hole every now and then so I'll give you the more interesting version of the question if this Malaga team was a band or a singer who would it be and why Alex <laughs> So this is a band or a singer? It can be any... You interpret the question as you feel, but I did say band or singer. Anything musical. I think in terms of... I was going to go Elton John because he used to be great. Had a few years of not doing anything and now making a comeback. Obviously, he's making music with Dua Lipa. 
But I think I'm going to go with ABBA for similar reasons. Used to be ABBA. Few, few years of uh, well, nothing really, and making a comeback. Oh, I like it. To be honest with you, Alex, you followed similar logic to me. So I'll say mine next before we finish with Chris. Um, I think a few times, and I've used it again tonight. I've used the one word. Um, I've used the word swagger. Um, I've said at times it's sort of rock and roll football. And I had to think, well, I really like them like I do Malaga. So I was going with Oasis because of the similar reason to you, though, where um, I wasn't happy with our last result. And I wasn't really happy with Oasis's last albums and sing. Actually, I quite like the last album now I think about it. It was the ones in the middle. So I'm going to have to rethink that answer. But I was just thinking of swagger and rock and roll. Um, What's your favourite Oasis song? Oh, I'll slide away. Easy. Um, definitely Maybe is, you know, that's a boring answer saying definitely Maybe is the best Oasis album, but it is. And definitely Maybe is all about youthfulness and, you know, not caring and being young and exciting. And that fits this Malaga team. So actually, I'm going to change my answer and say, I'm not going to say a band or a singer. I'm going to say if as an album. So I'm going to pick definitely maybe. Oh, wait, um, I love that implies Malaga are geniuses as well. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of caveats to this question. Um, Chris, for some reason, I have a feeling I know where you're going to take this. So I'll I'll sit back and see if I'm right. But go on, Chris, to finish off the podcast, who are you picking to sum up Malaga's season so far? Can somebody tell me in what year? Um, I don't know where this is going. <laughs> from what year is Malaga here? Uh, 1992? 1994. Okay. But close. So last week I talked about the, like, the godfathers of music. Um, they were the example for the Beatles. They were the biggest example for the Stones. Bob Marley uh, definitely listened to their music before they started, before he started with the Whalers. Um, let's say Michael Jackson. If you listen to Michael Jackson, <laughs> parts of his music you notice come from this group. Uh, it's a group. If I assume I think it is, Chris, these bands and artists were years before them, but go on, I'll let you carry on with your illogic. Yes. Um, so, Malaga's from 1994. This group just released their latest hit, which is called Take Me Back to the 90s, which is a great song. Um, if I have to look at Malaga this season, they go up and down and up and down. Mm -hmm. um, but still, they make my heart go boom, boom, boom. <laughs> so I have to say, finger, finger boys. Of course. So, so let, let, let's just be clear. Um, we've got, uh, forgive me, Alex, who did you settle on in the end? Abba. Abba. Abba, Abba, Oasis and the Wenger boys. That's if you put them all in a pot, you would get Malaga's start to the season. Do you know what, guys? I really like this question. I think when we get fans on of other clubs, we should get them to do this. Tell us about your season through the medium of a band or song. I, I quite like that. 
Yes, and to our listeners, yeah, we are very interested in what band you pick. I know most of you are going to say Venga Boys because who wouldn't? Venga Boys are awesome, but uh, maybe you can. I don't know. Are we going to do it? Yeah, you can just tweet it out. Tweet it out tomorrow. Um, tweet it out. To just, us. just tweet out. Um, on this week's Giri Cast, we discussed colon. If this Malaga team was a band singer, who would they be? Or if this Malaga start of the season, whatever we decided on. Yes. I like that. Don't question. be shy. Send a tweet or a private message mm-hmm. or respond on Twitter, on, on Grindr or on our <laughs> uh, Tinder. Yeah. Don't be shy. Send it out. And we will... We will... Yeah, maybe... Them. That'd be a fun way to start next week's podcast, yes. I think, with what people came up with. So, yeah, that's Excellent stuff. And I think on that little bit of fun, after the sort of depressing bit in the middle, that seems a nice place to finish. So I will say thank you to Alex Ashmore and hope your life in Montreal continues to be fun. Thank you very much. I've already got my next MLS game. Oh, no. He's gone. Oh, yay. It's, oh, it's either New England Revolution or Atlanta United. Oh, wow. So you are travelling. New England Revolution. This is against Montreal in Montreal. All oh, right, okay, I get you. Sorry, I, thought, I was thinking, flipping heck, you are willing to travel. I thought you was only a student, but yeah, that makes more sense. Atlanta um, United. That sounds like, mm, let's come up with the name. Oh, yes. Um, uh, let's think. Mm, but Yeah, but uh, I'm trying to think. Manchester that... United? <laughs> mm, that's fun. Yeah, let's choose. But that's why they did it, wasn't it? They wanted to sound European, I believe, is why they chose it. Um, anyway, um, well, yeah, I look forward to listening to the Impact cast uh, in the next few months. Many, how many teams in Europe are called United? Lots. Let's yes. not try and count them now. We, Alex is going to count them for okay. us. And next week, Alex will tell us how many teams there were <laughs> called United. Okay. And then... Um, by next week, I'm going to think of a good MLS name. If Malaga had a feeder club in America, what I would call them. I'm going to think of that all week now. Um, but yes, thank you, Alex, <laughs> eventually. And Chris, thank you. Thank you. And don't forget to subscribe. Yes, there you go. And yes, and, and I keep saying, it'd be nice if people leave us reviews. That's how we get recognised more. People yes, still have how we get to know how much we f*** up every week. Yeah, exactly. Like, give us at least one star. Well, no, because we dip down then. We won't, no. But, you know, be nice. Yeah. But you can give us five stars, but then give us some feedback. I'm happy with that. <laughs> oh, yeah, five stars and feedback. There you go. You know, but something positive. Like I do with the kids in school. And kid, yeah. With the kids in school, we're always told, say something positive and something they could do better. Yeah, just give five stars and and just say how horrible we are in the in your review. Yeah. They don't have to say anything no. if they want, but if they don't want, just just leave us a five star review. <laughs> I, I, I piss off people all the time here on this podcast, so why not? Is you writing again? <laughs> this is fun. Yeah. Ah. Right, and also finally. Thank you, the listener, for listening to this week's podcast. I hope it wasn't too painful for you Malaga fans listening back over that 4-0 defeat to Ponferradina. But we will look to the future. Come on, Malaga. Adios. Vamos, Malaga. Thank you for listening.
Adios, vamos, Malaga, again.